children. I always thought they'd be useful later in life to look after me as I got older. But Tim, a middle son, just shattered that illusion with his last phone call. Dad, I'm thinking of getting an EV and saw that Octopus Energy is offering a salary sacrifice leasing package. Get new EV, tax benefits, free home charger. I was going to do some research, but I thought, well, that's what you do now sort of thing, isn't it? So will you do the research for me, launch the video, and I'll just watch that. <laughs> Children. Well, Dave Takes It On does indeed do this sort of thing and has already got it on a very long list of future videos. But don't tell Tim I cheated. Keep watching to find out how. Well, Tim, my middle son, he's a scientist in the family. Well, he's not just a scientist, he's a doctor. Oh, no, not a medical doctor, a doctor of science. And I know his doctoral thesis really well as he asked me to proofread it. Now, I'm not a proper scientist myself, both know this, I dabble, but he was more concerned with the grammar and the flow of his thesis rather than the topic. Topic was up to him. And that topic was actually antimatter. Now, this is really way out science. This is Dan Brown, you know, Da Vinci, no, not Da Vinci, um, Angels and Demons stuff. Antimatter stolen from the Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland, being used by, was it Ewan McGregor, who's probably going to be the next Pope, to potentially blow up Rome and the church, and only Tom Hanks, can't remember his name, character, in the way, saving the world once again. Well, I visited Tim, sorry, Dr. Tim, in his postgraduate years in his laboratory in Swansea University, where he was actually making antimatter. I saw their massive big lasers, chillers that operated just above absolute zero, where everything stops, then trapping any antimatter in a vacuum inside a huge magnetic field. And yeah, he did go over to the Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland, and he worked there for a while as part of all of this. But I received a phone call while I was in Chelmsford filming EV chargers for my videos. Wow, I thought Manchester was bad for EV charging. What's up with Essex? Decent sized EV chargers are about as rare down there as rocking horse droppings. But unknown to Dr. Tim, I was only a few miles away from GridServe's massive EV charging hub in Braintree, that's Essex. It had already attracted my attention for two reasons. Well, first, installing Tesla superchargers in another EV charging network's premises is still exceedingly rare. Think motorway services. We never see a BP petrol station and a Shell petrol station next to each other at the same services, nor usually an Osprey charger and an Instavolt charger at the same location. They are seemingly mutually exclusive. But second, I'd already planned a future video, motorway services versus EV hubs, which is better? I'd already decided to charge there at the supercharger and film it, and I knew that they also offered their own leasing services and assumed that this would include salary sacrifice. So all I needed to do was find the person who knew about this, get him or her to tell me everything, let them do all the work for me, and then I could make my video. Far less effort. And this is exactly what happened. Now on private premises, I'll always go and find the owner or manager and ask if it's okay to film. And at Braintree, I did that. I asked if I could speak to the manager, and I was directed to Alex Roberts, who took one look at me and said, Welcome, Dave. I thought, Wow, fame at last. Well, it turns out that Alex Roberts is the EV specialist for the site, and he was once a Tesla employee and drove a Tesla, and he watches my channel. And it was a good job I did ask, because as it turns out, 
some clickbait sensationalist YouTube channel had sneaked in sometime previously and launched a horrendous video which did not reflect the real situation and the Gridsurf PR department was up in arms. As I arrived totally unannounced, I was asked if I could not film there and then, but instead liaise with their PR department. Alex put me in touch. And obviously I will. As a result, I will make a formal request to return and do some extensive filming and interviews, as the site I found is absolutely fascinating. And no, I'm not just saying that to get permission. These hubs are amazing. They're very different and they're not what you'd expect for so many reasons. Well, watch out for that motorway versus hubs video out later. Anyway, although I didn't film the Gridsurf facility or Alex, he was really keen to talk to me about leasing. And as I suspected, they offer their own salary sacrifice lease. Well, if anyone wants to know about leasing in general or salary sacrifice in particular, and you live anywhere nearby, get over there. We were sat in the Costa coffee bar and Alex explained it all to me. This is a really large subject, so I can only give you my impression of what he told me. I strongly recommend you get your own advice for your own particular circumstances. Now, although I've never bought a new car, I've had many new company cars. In fact, company cars once got me into trouble with HMRC. After leaving the Fleet Air Arm, I remained living in Cornwall and gradually progressed to becoming the sales manager for the Citroen dealer in St Ives, run by David Haynes. This was back in the early 80s. I remember well, I was paid a basic wage of just £30 a week, and then my commission on sales was paid once a month. I didn't actually have a specific fixed company car, it was a small garage. I just took what I wanted from the forecourt that was taxed and MOT'd. I'd drive it for a few days, road test it in effect, then hand it back to Nigel in the workshop with a list of work needed. And one day I might have a well-worn Mini, another day I actually got a Lamborghini Uraco. And one day the taxman arrived. Well, it seemed that our arrangement was not to the liking of Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs. You cannot just give an employee a car, as they see that as tax evasion or avoidance, don't know which. Instead, you need to regard the value of it as a benefit, a part of your salary in effect on which you will need to pay tax. Well, it couldn't do that with me because I sometimes drove a car worth £100 and others many, many thousands. I was accused of getting a free car. I think I also had an issue with my national insurance. Being paid £30 a week meant that I was below the limit for paying any national insurance so didn't pay any at all on those weeks. And on the weeks when my commission was included, I instantly hit the ceiling for national insurance contributions so paid relatively little. I quickly learned that the taxman is very keen that you pay your correct tax. Well, it was all sorted out, it was quite amicably, my package was changed, but that principle of paying tax on a company car still exists. It's called benefit in kind. Now, there is a complex formula that makes the value of the new car, uh, takes the value of a new car, multiplies it with a rating based on the CO2 output, and then multiplies it with your tax band. Well, in short, as a rep on the road, you're probably going to need a better car for the higher mileage with presumably higher CO2 output. An ICE car would be charged at quite a high tax rate. So leasing ICE cars as company cars is not particularly attractive in general from a tax point of view. But that has all changed with EVs. All governments around the world are keen to reduce pollution and CO2 as part of their global effort or keen or required by international laws, never sure which. 
But EVs are suddenly flavour of the month. They have no CO2 output. So the normal formula falls apart and instead they've been awarded a very attractive rating that for most people is highly tax advantageous. It's actually already really quite cheap to lease an EV privately as the EV has a residual value generally much higher than an ICE car. But as a company car it can be even cheaper to lease an EV through your employer. You pay the lease directly out of your salary and you see a very small rise in tax relative to the value of the EV. Plus the employer does not need to pay national insurance on this element and they can often pass that back to the employee, in effect a small pay rise. The employer can also apply for various grants to install EV charging on their business premises or can approach a company such as Podpoint who will often offer a free supply and installation package in exchange for a profit share on the revenue that the charger produces. Well, initial research finds that Octopus Energy offer a salary sacrifice lease of their own and this includes a free home charger uh, transfer onto their cheap off-peak rates. Gridserve currently offers three months free charging at Gridserve Chargers if you do your leasing through them. But please check yourself as these offers do vary over time. Well in short I should be approaching Octopus Energy for their info and probably will make a future video with more details at a future date. But if you are an employee there may be some really worthwhile benefits to looking into salary sacrifice leasing an EV for both the employer and you the employee. That's why we're currently seeing a huge spike in leasing EVs rather than buying them. Now just to clear up any confusion people have with leasing if you choose to lease an EV privately or as a salary sacrifice the leasing company buys the car from the chosen manufacturer that's recorded as a sale for the manufacturer. The leasing company leases it to you for the agreed period anywhere typically from one to four years during which time you pay back the monthly payments. At the end you just hand your car back and the leasing company then generally sells the used car to traders, dealers or at the auctions to recover the remainder of their investment. That car then enters the used market. Well confusion arises because manufacturers like Ford and Tesla not only make vehicles but also operate as finance companies offering those leases and some people believe that a Ford or a Tesla leasing a car is not counted as a sale. So in reality if Ford Motors for example sells the car it makes to Ford Credit a separate company that is recorded by Ford Motors as a sale. Ford Credit owns that vehicle outright and at the end of the lease sells it. It's a business within a business. It may have a deal with Ford independent dealers to offer their ex-lease cars to them first and not sell them anywhere else. Tesla Motors likewise sells its cars to Tesla Financial Services Limited who might at the end of the lease sell that car to another Tesla company or branch maybe in the future for use as a robo-taxi. Each change of ownership is classed as a separate sale. Well I hope you enjoyed this video you found it informative it is a complex subject I recommend you go and get your own and by the way just to put your mind at rest Dr Tim made just a few atoms of antimatter at a time in his case it was anti-hydrogen and the few atoms were trapped in the vacuum inside the magnetic field for periods of time of less than tiny fractions, fractions of microseconds 
before they spontaneously self-destructed in a release of energy so minute they needed really expensive equipment just to record the events had actually taken place. The world will not be blown up like in the film, or so he assures me. I'm Dave.